You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lopes, and with us today is Jamie Shanker Passaro. Right. Jamie serves as the associate director for Temple University's Small Business Development Center, but Jamie is also an entrepreneur who runs her own business, and that's Philly Food Adventures. So we're going to get to know Jamie today. We're going to hear a lot about Temple's SBDC, and then we're going to hear about Jamie's own experience as an entrepreneur and her Philly Food Adventures. I'm a bit of a self-proclaimed amateur foodie, so this should be fun. If nothing else, we'll get some restaurant tips. Right? Oh, yeah. Jamie serves as the associate director for the SBDC, overseeing the training programs, workshops, incubator, and marketing. Outside of the SBDC, Jamie has run Philly Food Adventures, a Chinatown food tour company since 2014. Prior to joining the SBDC, Jamie managed a women's business center in Camden, New Jersey. Jamie also worked with small businesses as the development director of the Philadelphia Mobile Food Association and as the Commercial Corridor Revitalization and Business Association Manager for Mount Airy USA Community Development Corporation. That's a mouthful. It is. She is an attorney and graduate of Temple University's Beasley School of Law, where she focused on nonprofit law. She received a BA in social justice from Franklin and Marshall College. That's a lot. Yeah, those, those yeah, those, <laughs> you know, those are the things. <laughs> yeah, those are the things. I love it. I, I mean, you really have such a um, unique and very varied background, which personally I like. Um, us lawyers, right? Yeah, I guess I, I empathize with that. Um, well, I should say us lawyers, but not typical lawyers. Yeah. What's the best way to... Reformed. Reformed. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Reformed <laughs> lawyers. I'm going to start stealing that and using that. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the SBDC, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Philly Food Adventures and how that all got started. But what took you from law school to, I don't want to practice law, I'd rather <laughs> go help small businesses... Yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. Uh, well, I went to law school to uh, to do nonprofit law, so to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to law school, when I was making a decision about how I wanted to, con- to continue my education, there were a lot less graduate programs than there are now. There are so many interesting, creative graduate programs for people who are looking to be in uh, in the in the community sector. Um, but I didn't I didn't know about those, and a lot of them didn't exist. So mm-hmm. I was working for a nonprofit law office. Running, uh, running a new program there, really enjoying it, loving the work, and figured, well, I want to do more, help more people. Law school makes sense. So I didn't go to law school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did know, um, and I thought that that was the path to do it. And then I soon realized that it just wasn't as creative for me as I wanted it to be. A lot of red tape, a lot of waiting. Um, I like to act a little quicker when I'm helping people. So. Uh, did not go in that direction, <laughs> even though I graduated, did take the bar, did pass it, but that was mostly it. I had a, a short fellowship in uh, doing nonprofit health law mm-hmm. and then uh, ended up finding myself helping the Mobile Food Association while they were establishing. And that was because while in law school, I did a paper on them and food truck regulations, so I got to know them. So, yeah, it all comes back to food. <laughs> food and helping people. That's, that's just me in a nutshell. So, yeah. so Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, how about the food truck part of that? What was that sort of like and what did you learn from that experience? Well, with food truck owners, you see entrepreneurs who are, uh, many of them, this is their first this is their first kickoff at entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a big learning curve. It is very hard work. Um, so I think that I got a lot of insight without even realizing it and without even realizing that my next career moves would relate to entrepreneurship, but I got a lot of the background about what it takes, especially early on. Very cool. So digging into the SBDC a little bit, what are some of the things that the SBDC provides to startups and also how can one become a member of the SBDC? Sure. So no members, we are open to the public. Um, and uh, although we are affiliated with Temple, um, they, they are our host in the mm-hmm. Fox Business School. Uh, we are hosted by them as well. 
Uh, we are open to the community, so you don't need any Temple affiliation to work with us. Although it doesn't hurt. Being yeah. a former owl, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly, we have current students who work with us. We have alumni, although there are other programs for entrepreneurial students that already exist within Fox. Right. Cool. So, okay. So you're a startup owner. Um, at what level would you say you've kind of graduated beyond help from the SBDC or is it businesses of any size? It's businesses that fit within the SBA's definition of a small business, okay. which depends on the industry. But essentially we can work with you for years awesome. on, on different pieces. We can work with you while you're a startup. We can work with you while you're growing and we can work with you on succession planning. Very cool. We're here. Very, very cool. And I like that part of it. The succession planning, I think there is a huge gap in terms of people not thinking about exit strategies or yeah. what happens if one of us predeceases another yeah. member or something along those lines. But um, okay, so through the SBDC, you can meet with consultants, you can register for workshops, you can take business courses, and you can also be a part of the incubator. So let's kind of pull each one of those mm -hmm. apart. What kind of consulting help can you get from the SBDC? So the consulting side, um, we work with existing businesses or businesses uh, pre who are pre-venture that can come to us with something in writing. Uh, so if not a business plan, something close to a business plan mm -hmm. or something that our consultants can work with. Um, and then it's really regardless of industry and the, our consultants will focus in on their growth goals. We have some specific specializations, uh, for example, technology commercialization, marketing and procurement, which is which is huge, especially in a city like Philadelphia, where you have not only um, opportunities to work with the local government, but eds and meds that need need people to fulfill their contracts. Mm -hmm. And it is challenging for small businesses to get into that. So having somebody sit down with you and talk through the RFP process, the capability statement process, it's so valuable. That's um, so we have someone who specializes in that. And we also do um, some some trainings on that as well. Very cool. And do you um, restrict any type of business aside from businesses that fall outside of the SBA's definition of a small business? Um, <laughs> yes. So the SBA also does not fund us to work with nonprofits mm -hmm. since really the, the whole the whole reason that we're funded. Well, not the whole reason, but the SBA funds us to help small businesses start and grow so that these businesses start and grow and pay tax dollars back to the government. <laughs> so that's how that circle works. So in terms of nonprofits, we can't really assist there. Um, right. They can attend our workshops if they want, and we'll usually refer them elsewhere. And we are also restricted to certain vice businesses that the SBA would not want us to work with. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, but in terms of service businesses or different types of industry, pretty much as long as you're a for-profit and you're not a quote-unquote vice business, you should be okay. Definitely. We have so many service businesses, tons of different products, Very wide range. Very interesting. Okay. So what types of business courses can people take if they come to the SBDC? So our two signature courses that we have had for decades are our business planning class. That's a 10-week class that we do three times a year where we go through the business plan uh, we recently rebranded, rebooted, so that's really exciting. Brought it in house, um, yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm excited for that curriculum. Just modernize it a bit, mm -hmm. and then we also have our construction management certificate series that we have been running for 32 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very yeah. interesting. So if you're a construction a company owner, <laughs> hilarious. So if you're a construction company owner, it might be a good idea to take that course just to make sure that you're on the right track and running a solid business. Yeah. So we, we certainly see current owners of construction companies, but we also see people who are in the industry who know it and want to take over and, and own their own company. So they want those managerial skills. We're not gonna teach them how to hammer. They already know that, right. but this is the other side. This is the leadership, the ownership. That's awesome. Yeah. And so let's go backwards a little bit. What pieces of the puzzle have to be in place? I heard you say business plan, obviously. So you have to have some structure, obviously, coming in. You can't be like, oh, I have an idea for whatever and nothing on paper. Right. For, to meet with our consultants. Correct. Okay. So what types of workshops do you offer through the SBDC? Sorry, mm -hmm. I'm just going through the, uh, I'm going incrementally. <laughs> yes. Through. 
So the workshops, that's where I have a lot of my funds. So that's my side of it uh, with, the, with the training department. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do at least two no-cost workshops a month, usually more than that. We try to cover a lot because we understand that our clients have a lot of different range of knowledge. So we need some introductory courses. We need some more higher level courses. We bring in experts mm-hmm. and we typically do one event that's during lunchtime, uh, that's during lunchtime and one event that's in the evening per month. So we have our lunch and learns. We have our temple business roundtables in the evening. Um, and we brought in experts on cybersecurity, on hiring, on wage regulations, uh, we the census. So we really, we try and cover a lot. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, and finally, the incubator. So tell us about the incubator, what it is for those who don't know and how you can become a part of that. So in our building, we have cubicle space and co-working space. And obviously, I mean, we're in one now, but there are lots of these type of facilities across the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see ours as more of a program for businesses who are at a place where they really want to grow and they want to take advantage of meeting with a consultant regularly. That's a good fit for us. Um, so they're 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 able to take advantage of our space, um, which is fairly below market, I will say, <laughs> but we don't want people in there just for that reason. It's really, it's really a place to grow. And we put a three-year cap on it because we need to do our jobs and get you ready to pay market, market rate rent. Right. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. That's cool. And so are there limitations in terms of amount of registrants for different parts of this? How many people can you take on when you're doing a workshop, for example, or Uh, how many individuals can show up and register for a business course? With our courses, we usually stick between 15 to 30. Um, With our workshops, one part of, one benefit of being part of Temple University is we have access to a lot of different spaces. So if our training room can accommodate, there will be a space on on campus that can. Oh, very cool. Okay, so you get to use other facilities aside from Temple's facilities. Well, within, so within, within temple, within temple, right. So we have our building, which is two blocks off of campus, which I like because it's uh, a little bit more accessible. Sometimes college campuses can be confusing. I mean, I even went to temple and sometimes I don't know where a building is. Not sometimes, (laughs) often. (laughs) So we are two, we are two blocks off of campus, which is nice, but we, we do a lot of events on temple's campus, but also with those evening events that I mentioned, we really try to uh, get out there in the community and do events in other spaces, uh, whether it's another nonprofit or at a WeWork. Um, but we've been we've been trying to do a lot more of that to help get the word out and also just be as accessible as possible. Right. And so being a part of the SBDC, as you have been, I'm sure you have a lot of resources throughout the city that outside of the SBDC and Temple that you can connect people with. Uh, yeah. What are some of those? Yeah, so we 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 love doing that, and I love to to be able to do that, especially uh, with our roundtable events when we we bring in different panelists um, who are experts in their industries uh, that become resources and connections for our businesses. And I always try and chime in um, with additional ones mm-hmm. if those resources aren't present. Which sometimes they are. That's those are the people that we tend to invite are are those uh, those good resource partners that businesses really need to know. Uh, we don't want anything to be a secret. We don't want to be a secret. We don't want the SBDC to be a secret. We hear that sometimes. Oh, I wish I would have known about you, and then maybe I wouldn't have done this, this, and this. <laughs> we want to. We want to help be there and 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 avoid mistakes, uh, prevent prevent mistakes from happening. Um, so the Department of Commerce, they are a great resource to us. They have business service representatives, um, and they can. And this this is this is true of Philadelphia and probably true in other cities as well. And that goes for a lot of the resources that I'm that I'll mention. Uh, so the, the business service representatives can help connect you to city agencies. So if you're struggling with, with LNI, um, you know, you're struggling with health, things like that, they would, they're, they're a really good resource to help, um, smooth out that connection. Great. And any others? A lot. (laughs) Go for it. List as many as you want. Yeah, I can do it. Um, merchants funds, uh, when, well, let me backtrack and talk about the G word. When businesses come in and they say, hey, you know about any grants for small businesses? I say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, grants are for (laughs) nonprofits like us, right? 
Grants for small businesses are very small, are very hard to find, uh, very rare, and they can be specific to certain industries like art or technology. So you're basing your business and your business plan around the idea that you're going to get a grant should probably go back to the drawing board. So just going to say that. However, (laughs) the Merchants Fund is a resource that does have grants for businesses who meet certain eligibility requirements. Okay. So that's a good one to know about. Uh, The Hebrew Loan Society also has some uh, zero interest loans. That's nice. Really nice. Yeah. Um, Another another resource that I love and um, I always get a lot of questions about that I can't always answer uh, the specifics, but there is a program with Philadelphia Works, the -the on-the-job training program. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to hire and you are willing to train um, and you hire somebody who is, uh, was was receiving some sort of public assistance, so it could be unemployment, um, SNAP benefits, you can get reimbursement of their salary up to 50% for uh, a few months while you are training them. Wow. Yeah. So it's, that's an amazing. Yes. Amazing. Good secret. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea, I mean, it's win-win. You're helping somebody become employed. You're helping someone become more employable. And you as a small business owner, you're help that gap um, of, of saying, you know, I need to hire someone, but I just don't have it yet. Right. So those it gives you a little bit of a buffer with the idea being that you will keep that person on. Can't keep doing this over and over. They will ding you for that. Yeah. Um, but the idea is you would keep this person on. Well, not only that, but it also greatly incentivizes small business owners to invest in these employees because True. essentially, even though they have to train, as you said, they're kind of getting that benefit back from the government anyways, because you're getting half off of the salary and that's Mm going to significantly reduce the cost and you might have to train someone anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So what else, what else you got? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Locally. Those are some of my favorites to be honest. Okay. Um, Those were great. Yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah, another one I learned about recently is uh, it's not not necessarily Philadelphia. I think it's statewide, but EMAP. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, con- environ. I'm not. I'm not going to go into what they stand for, but it's essentially uh, a resource that you can contact to make sure that your business is in compliance with environmental regulations without getting yourself in trouble. In a sense, they're like an intermediary that is looking to help you. So instead of going about your business, uh, you know, emissions, whatever it is that that's happening and, and then getting fined for it later on, you can do, you can, you can contact them and, and uh, find out, are you doing things the way you're supposed to be doing them? So very that's cool. a recent one that I learned about that is pretty cool. Very, very cool. So are you still going sort of back? First of all, let me recap all of those resources that you <laughs> talked about in case the listeners want to kind of rejot them down or they were racing yeah. to keep up. Um, so there are a lot of business resources that they can go through the Department of Commerce, mm-hmm. right? Then you have merchants funds, which are not grants, but they're technically grants for small businesses if you qualify. Yeah, it is basically a local grant. <laughs> <laughs> One of the rare ones. Right. Yes. And then there's the Hebrew Loan Society, mm-hmm. which can you can get a 0% mm-hmm. interest or a low interest rate yep. loan from them. Um, and I'm sure there are certain application standards that you have yeah. to fulfill and all of those things. But then there's also Philadelphia Works, which is that service that you mentioned that if you're willing to hire and train individuals who maybe are receiving unemployment benefits Mm -hmm. or are kind of in between jobs, so to speak, um, you can get reimbursement of up to 50 percent of your salary if you're hiring those individuals. Going back to commerce, I should mention that they do have some not not only do they have these these representatives that can help you, but they have a few programs for brick and mortars. um, So they have the in-store forgivable loan uh, program, which helps you purchase equipment for inside your location. So maybe you need uh, like a stove or something like that. They can help with that. And there's also um, the the storefront improvement program, which helps you make uh, improvements to your storefront. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just if you want to update your signage, paint, things like that, um, you do have to be in an eligible corridor for both of those programs. And there is an application process, but it's definitely something to look into. Hmm. Um, and I believe there's some there's some newer programs with commerce. Um, if you are doing some healthy food, 
business. So the Healthy Food Initiative, there, there's, there's some other uh, forgivable loan programs hmm. there, I believe. Yeah. Very interesting. With all of these resources that we mentioned, and EMAP is another one that you mentioned mm-hmm. for um, environmental compliance. With all these resources that you mentioned, do you assist individuals who are looking to get involved with these resources or do you just simply connect them maybe with someone over there? What's usually the best way for them to get involved or should they just Google it and go for it themselves? I think it depends. It depends on what kind of assistance they might need. Um, Since we have relationships, we could always help push things along, make sure that their applications are in order. Nice. I mean, if there's an application for anything, we're happy to review it, whether it is a grant (laughs) or, you know, something similar like an in-store application. Those are things that that would be great to bring to our office for review. Very cool. Um, And that can just be like a fresh start. Even if they're not already in the SBDC, they can reach out to you and you would point them in the right direction and maybe help them with the application. Yeah. And, and just to mention that the way to get in touch with um, if you're, if you're looking for connecting with our consulting team, the way is really through our website. We have an online portal we do ask you a few questions, but once you're in, you're in. <laughs> and, then, and then anything is easy after that. And just the easiest way button. might be to just Google Temple SBDC. That is the easiest way since we are hosted by Fox within right. Temple. The URL is quite long. Yeah, it's fox.temple.edu forward slash institutes hyphen and hyphen centers forward slash small hyphen business hyphen development hyphen center. Exactly. So that is not when I'm on the phone with someone directing, directing them to their website. That is not what I give out. I just say, Hey, Google us. We'll be the first thing that comes up. Temple SBDC. S is in small. B is in business. D is in development. C is in center. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I will, um, we'll include a link in the show notes. So if okay. anyone's listening to this and they want to reach out, uh, we'll put a link right to the website to make it super easy. Just go back to the show notes, wherever you listen to our show, you'll see the link there. Click, scroll, copy, paste, <laughs> etc. Now shifting sort of towards starting an actual business or running an actual business. What are some of your best practices, necessary steps for someone who has an idea, wants to transition from their career and start their own business. Maybe it's even a side hustle. What are your sort of, what's your checklist that you have to go through? I think there are, there is really a checklist of questions that you should ask yourself. Um, The first I think is thinking about, do you have experience in this industry, specifically managerial experience? If you like coffee and you want to run a coffee shop, there are a lot of subtleties that you are not going to know. So my advice would say it would be go work for a coffee shop. Yeah. Try and get a position there. Try and do, I mean, it's kind of like espionage, but you really need that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as a center, can help you with the structure of a business plan, but we rely on the business owners to come with that industry knowledge. So that's number one. Think about your credit score. It is never too early to be thinking about that. That's going to be important. Your Yes, your personal credit score will be important as a business owner. So start thinking about that now. Know right. what it is. Know if you need to improve it. Um, think, about, think about how you work best. You know, think about uh, what motivates you. Uh, if, if you have a supportive environment that will allow you to dedicate yourself to this for quite some time. Um, and do you have savings to make that happen? Are you willing to invest not only time, but money in yourself? It'll be difficult to look for investors for, for, for bankers. If you're not putting in, uh, putting in some of that yourself skin in the game, right? Banks want to see that too. Of course. Um, so I think those are all some important things that you really need to think about. And then you do need to sit down and write that business plan. It might be a it might be a process that not everybody enjoys, but it's not only the having the business plan, but it's the writing it, the process, the research that is so crucial mm-hmm. because that's 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 a test of your of the feasibility of your business. We don't want people rushing in to to investing their time and money to a business that is not going to really make sense and that comes with a business plan. Yeah, that makes sense. And then after that, are there sort of professionals that you would put high on the list? Obviously, legal is important. Two lawyers sitting in the room, we'd <laughs> argue for that, I think. Aside from that, are there other professionals that people should contact or is it kind of a wait until you need them? What's your advice? That is a really good question. There are so many things that you can DIY as a business owner, but there are a few that you shouldn't. And I do think accounting is one of them. I think it's pretty important to have an accountant on the team. Um, it's 
good to understand how QuickBooks works mm-hmm. as a business owner. It's it's good it's good to have a background of really everything. Um, and that's part of the reason why we bring in the experts that we do. It's to help you become more educated. It's not necessarily so you do it all yourself, but it's so that you can hire somebody that you know is doing the right thing and that you can communicate um, with and just have that basic understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very cool. And so how about higher level businesses, a little bit more sophisticated, those that are still small businesses and coming to you for support? What are some of the main sort of frequently asked questions that you're seeing and maybe a best practice or a solution that you found works really well? Um, I think HR is probably um, an area that comes up, especially as businesses are growing, Mm -hmm. growing and hiring before there's an employee manual in place can be tricky. Um, so I think that's one area to think about and to get, get into gear appropriately before things grow too fast. Um, and that, that, that's with many things that's with your accounting systems. It's, it's really systems Mm -hmm. getting those in place early. Yeah. Standard operating procedures, so to speak, kind of looking at what you're redoing on a regular basis. And if it's something that you're doing multiple times, maybe you should sit down and write down a process for that. That's repeatable therefore making your business scalable, right? Definitely. Yeah. And then from an employment perspective, when you're looking at those, are you recommending that they go and contact an attorney or are you providing support in terms of developing an employee manual and all those things? So we we actually did have um, an HR expert that, uh, that retired recently, but we do recommend... Um, eh, I'm not gonna. There's not a. There's not a, a blanket answer because it depends on the the capability of the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is something that you have a lot of familiarity with, then maybe that is something that you can do on your own. Or maybe there are some industry specific manuals that you could actually purchase and alter to your liking. Um, but maybe with a more creative business, you might have to hire an, an HR team to to help work on that with you. Okay. Cool. All right, now let's shift to your business. You've been an entrepreneur for quite a while now. You run Philly Food Adventures, which is really cool. Tell us about that. How did you get started in that? What drew you to Philly Food Adventures aside from loving food? Or maybe that was that was it. Mm-hmm. You loved food so much you wanted to share it with everybody else. But I do love food that much that I want to <laughs> share it with everybody else. That is very, 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 very true. Um, I've been writing about food since as long as I could write. Um even for the my high school newspaper, I had a food review column. <laughs> um, and uh, when I moved to Philadelphia for law school, I was writing um, quite regularly on a blog. Really helped me get to know the city, uh, fall in love with the city. And I think that blogging as a business, it's it's tricky and it wasn't one that I wanted to keep investing in in terms of the time that it actually now takes. It's different. It's a, it's a different world, yeah. the blogging world now, yeah. than yeah. it was uh, a bit ago. So I thought about, um, and this is also a time where after law school, I was thinking about what I want to do and transitioning. And I thought about ways that I could continue to connect people to food and maybe make some more money <laughs> <laughs> out of it. Um, and uh, that... Yeah, I thought maybe maybe people would want to come out with me and explore. Yeah, it's cool. So walk us through what a Philly food adventure is like. We go to about five or six different places. Uh, we do some street snacking and we do a sit down. We It's pretty intimate. You know, I can have a group and it's just a family and me and we just we really get to know each other. It's it's very special. Mm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we eat in the street. Uh, We have our sit down where we talk a little bit more. We talk a bit about development of Chinatowns in general and about our Chinatown and its history. But a lot of it is about, um, I'm not saying that I'm some expert in Chinese food, but I'm really good at ordering and knowing what to order. (laughs) And um, you think about businesses existing to, to solve a problem. So the problem that I was solving was people being intimidated by accessing this the, the amazing resource that is Philadelphia's Chinatown. So we have very good restaurants and we have people kind of knowing that, but maybe being scared to tap into it. Mm. So that is a problem that I'm solving with my business. Very cool. 
Very, very cool. So how long does a typical food adventure last? Or is it kind of customizable? It's about two hours. About two hours. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have regular go-to places yeah. or is each one completely different? I do have go-to places. Um, and I kind of hold up some fingers and I know what that means, which is fun. It's, take, <laughs> it's taken a few years. to. <laughs> it took a few years for, for the owners to get to know me and understand what I was doing. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. I Why? got I got a necklace recently from one of my restaurant owners wow. for Chinese New Year. But I will say something that is important to me on so many levels. Mm -hmm. uh, a because I work for in small business development, um, and B as a consumer of food in Chinatown, it's really important to me that I am paying these restaurants. I'm not getting kickbacks. I'm tipping oh, that's them. Great. That's great. Uh, because I want them to succeed. As, as somebody who cares about small businesses, and I also want them to succeed as someone who wants to continue to eat their food. So that's the more selfish reason. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, I cool. yeah, it's, 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 it's one of my unique value propositions, I would say, in the food tour world from what Very I've cool. gathered. Very cool. So your website is phillyfoodadventures, all one word, dot com. And when you jump onto your site, you've got your Chinatown food tours, you got what I'm eating, AKA your blog, and uh, then you have Midtown Lunch Philly. What's that? Oh, okay. So yeah, so the blog again, it's, I will be honest, I'm not updating that anymore. Midtown Lunch Philly is uh, what I was doing when I first moved to Philly. So that's, uh, it's like an archive, but it's still good. Honestly, I was looking at it uh, a week ago and I was like, oh man, <laughs> that, that, that was a good meal. And that's, a, that's a funny joke that I made too. <laughs> I'm just cracking myself up. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, cool. And then you have below that, hey, are you hungry for an adventure, food writer, guide, or lawyer? So that's about you, <laughs> right? Yeah, those are all links actually. So the thing that says lawyer question mark goes to my LinkedIn. Very cool. Okay, cool. Awesome. So do you miss being an attorney at all? <laughs> Does it seem like I do? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're preaching to the converted. I mean, I still practice law, so I do work with, um, I have my own firm now though, but, and I'm taking a different approach or at least I'm convincing myself that <laughs> I am. I'm kidding. I am taking a different approach, but um, yeah, I think the legal industry, you'd probably agree, needs some revamping pretty seriously. What do you think? What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I think my thoughts would be less on the industry, maybe more about the institution of law school. You know, got some thoughts on that. Feel free to share. I'm not going <laughs> to stop you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a financial institution. It's yeah. just it's just built to turn people out um, for lots of money. For lots of money, and people are graduating that maybe not necessarily, maybe they should not have, and unreasonable expectations about the job prospect. Yada right. yada, right. all of that. Yeah, cool. So, are you still working with other nonprofits? Did you ever make it into that space as an attorney, or are you just you've gone in a different direction and that's it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone in a different direction. I had a lot of great internships and uh, clinics while I was in law school, and those that was probably the most enjoyable part of law school. But uh, yeah, I still just wanted to be able to do things a little quicker. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. No worries. Yeah, a lot of red tape in the nonprofit space. What about businesses that are now start starting to evolve? I mean maybe a decade ago or so, there was that whole concept of B corporations, right? Where, mm -hmm. where you were going to be incorporated, but you were going to have a for benefit purpose mm -hmm. as part of your yes. articles or whatever. And that kind of went away in a weird way. I, I guess it still exists from an entity perspective. I just don't hear of it. Do you hear a lot of it where, where you are in your space? I would say a bit. Yeah. We actually did um, a round table in December that with a focus on sustainability, mm -hmm. we did have a representative from, uh, from B Lab there. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that the and the, it was also in partnership with the Sustainable Business Network. Very cool. Um, and they the, they do they do a lot of great events. Um, they have a lot of great members. Um, yeah, I think I do think that incorporating triple bottom line practices into your business is important, increasingly important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For many reasons, <clears throat> but then also just from a marketing perspective. Um, people are liking that more and more. Right. I mean, just look at Shark Tank. There are so many businesses that are just based around making things more sustainable. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually where I was going to go with this was that um, B Corps, while the B Corp, I guess, moniker, you don't hear of as much, but you yeah, see just regular for-profits saying, 
you know, we're going to have cause initiatives yeah. or we're going to do cause marketing or we're going to find a way to collaborate with a nonprofit. We've had a few guests on our show that have been in that space. So I am noticing the same trend. I was yeah. just wondering if you tend to prefer to work with those types of businesses. Does that kind of drive your passion for nonprofit support and small business support at the same time? Or does it really just not matter? I think, well, two things. I think that what what drives me is really seeing, working with small business owners who maybe are necessity entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy uh, running training events and uh, for for folks who who need this, who need small business to to become financially self-sufficient. Um, Can you just clarify what necessity entrepreneurs are for the listeners? So for example, maybe you have somebody who is recently incarcerated and they're barred from a lot of forms of traditional employment. They may have to seek entrepreneurship as mm-hmm. a way to move forward. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to be doing an episode with Triple Bottom Brewing. Oh yeah. They were they were uh, guest panelists on that very round there table. There you go. And, and the, what yeah. they're doing, oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. Because they're go yeah. ahead, tell, tell No, they're just doing they're doing a lot of great things and they and they they're I don't know, I just they are respectful about it. Um, I, I, one, one story that, that Tess had mentioned that really stood out. I, actually, you know what? I don't want to give her stories away. Maybe yeah. Well, Tess is the one that's <laughs> yeah, potentially going to be like, I don't want to give her so stories away. Just really briefly, Triple Bottom Brewing is a new brewery in Philadelphia. They opened roughly in September of 2019, I think. And Tess and I connected through a mutual contact, former guest. And Triple Bottom is very passionate about, aside from beer and their brewery, also passionate about supporting individuals who sort of need a second chance, right? Either former homeless people or people who were formerly incarcerated, and they employ a lot of those individuals, right? Yep, exactly. Who else was on that panel, if you don't mind me asking? So uh, a representative from EMAP. Okay. That's how I learned about that. Yep. Um, Well, before, but yeah. Uh, We had an accountant. Um, and we had, uh, punch PR kind of talking about triple bottom line practices from a marketing perspective. Cool. Um, and somebody from B Corp and I think that's it. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so what else should we be looking out for on the horizon from, you've got a lot of stuff going Mm -hmm. on, which is awesome. Philly food adventures, any big things coming down the pipe? I do private, private tours now. When I started out, I did public tours, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I would say, here's the day, come on down. And it was just, it's a little too chaotic for that, for a side hustle situation. Mm-hmm. So now private tours, I do a lot of uh, staff outing. So kind of like corporate mini retreats, family get togethers, because uh, it's a good activity for really all ages. So if you have uh, you have a seven-year-old and like a, a grumpy teen, Probably they like noodles and dumplings though, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Why Chinatown? Just out of curiosity. Well, again, because of the the the, the need to make it more accessible, mm-hmm. also the density. There, are, it's it makes for a very nice walking tour because there are so many restaurants that we can go into in a very small radius. Very cool. Yeah. Um, they're all walking tours, yes. rain or shine. Yep. Very cool. Yep. 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 Yeah, I think the hardest one that I did was actually with Visit Philly. And it was um, over 100 degrees. It was a really, really, really hot day. Wow. It was very sweaty. But yeah, it's we tough. We survived. When, tough when it's 100 degrees in Philly. Yeah, it's I mean, so in parts humid. of Asia, they eat soup for, hot soup for breakfast. So we had to, <laughs> we had to be tough about it. I love that. Um, awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, let's start with the SBDC because you're, you're kind of a two-parter. Um, what's the best way to reach out if they're trying to contact you or the SBDC in general? So if they're kind of if they're trying to contact me, which would be questions about our incubator um, or about our programming, my email is my name Jamie J A M I E S B D C at temple.edu. Consulting, if that is something that you're interested in, the best bet is to go to our website and sign up because if you call me, I'm going to make you do that anyway. <laughs> so. Very cool. All right. And Philly Food Adventures is Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y, foodadventures.com, all one word. And what's the best way to reach out to you for that? Um, to email me, and and this is just, this is a bad business practice, but it's my email <laughs> from, my, uh, from my previous blog. Like, come on, Jamie, like practice what you preach. So that's Jamie at midtownlunch.com. Okay, cool. The Got old, it. That old block. And they can also <laughs> follow you, PHL 
food guide that's at phl food guide on, on twitter, twitter. Yeah. um you tweet very actively yeah. uh and lots of interesting <laughs> tweets about your food adventures around town I very try. cool yeah. and you're I also think I'm very funny and twitter is like <laughs> the place where i, I kind of just say you thrive am i you, you crush <laughs> from a text medium uh, yeah um, i do more on instagram these days but okay cool and what's your handle on instagram same uh phl food adventures then you are also on TripAdvisor, Philly Food Adventures, three words. Yeah. And you are ranked based on 37 yeah. reviews. You're number 11 of 53. Yeah. Who are the other 10 and <laughs> how are we taking them down? I mean, they are all much larger businesses than me. Nice. They have teams. Nice. Nice. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm comfortable with my ranking and my perfect reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I love cool. them. They make me really happy. If I got a bad review... I don't know how I would take it. And I yeah. shouldn't say that because I talk to business owners all the time about how to handle negative reviews and I, I do know how to handle them, but I think uh, it would, it would get, it would get me. Yeah. Because again, yeah. because these, these tours are so personal and yeah. we're just like in each other's faces, well, I think bad slurping reviews. noodles together. <laughs> <laughs> well, bad reviews in general are, are just kind of, people yeah. take them personally. I think yeah. people forget when they're so quick to give a one star because you're rating the Amazon <laughs> box was crushed, yeah. even though the has nothing to do with the product or individual. You yeah. know, and I was actually, I was teaching uh, a Facebook basics class. Mm -hmm. uh, we had about 30 people show up. It was awesome. And so we did cover a little bit about handling negative reviews nice. and what's appropriate and taking it offline as soon as possible, being respectful. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about this briefly. Myself and Samir Samel, who is a former guest of the show, runs Blue Ocean Global Tech. Um, he and I have co-done CLEs on online reputation management for lawyers, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, very similar. How to just take a step back, take a deep breath. <laughs> it's okay. Do not fire off an angry <laughs> response. It's worse if you're an attorney. With the CLE reviews? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, because yeah. those are required. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an ethics one because, um, a lot of times attorneys will just snap back. Well, you should have not done this in your case and really? whoops, huh. you just released attorney client privilege to information and now you're getting suspended or, hmm. or worse. So, um, yeah, bad lawyers out there sometimes, but, um, very, very cool. And thank you so much for your time. This was great. At the end of our show, we always play a little game with our guests called first, last, best, and worst. Mm -hmm. It's just to get to know you <laughs> on a little bit of a more personal level. And we support very, very avidly. I wholeheartedly support female entrepreneurship. My wife's a business owner as well. And we think you're all rock stars. What's your first, last, best, and worst moment as a female entrepreneur? So talking about the business, not talking about the SPDC yes. right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the first, the first was, um, it, am I providing an experience that people would be interested in paying for? And, uh, what would they pay for this experience? <laughs> so that was a question that I had to answer. Um, and I actually went through this company first and they, um, they had a partnership with Groupon. So that's really how I started out was, uh, this, like a Groupon thing. Wow. Um, and was able to get some some TripAdvisor reviews that way. And I was like, okay, thanks. I'm going to go on my own now. <laughs> but I think honestly, that first conversation with um, the person from that organization was really encouraging. Wow. Like, yeah, this is a great idea. You should do that. I said, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I'm glad you think it. That's really yeah. empowering. That's okay. really cool. And so then once first. people start paying for it, that uh -huh. is a very empowering feeling, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I get tips. I've never, <laughs> I've never really had a job where I got tips before, so it's really fun. <laughs> That's cool. All right, how about the last one, which would just be sort of the most recent one? So there has been a change, which is that I like to end my tours with uh, a grocery store walk around. Oh, interesting. Um, point out my favorite ingredients, ask people if there's anything that they've been trying to find, and then I kind of help them find like find where it would be in the store. And that particular place closed down, which is also double sad because there was this uh, little restaurant inside it oh. that, uh, this is in a basement, and it made really, really good uh, fried squid and really good noodles. Mm. So that was sad, and I had to adapt and find another grocery store. And uh, I did. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was the most recent thing. It was like I had to try that out with going to a new grocery store right. with a new layout that and you know, not one that I had been to before, but still hadn't brought a big group to and happened to be crowded, but it was fine. Yeah, they enjoyed it. Very cool. Yeah. All right. How about the best one? Um, the best probably uh and this 
this ties into this ties into back uh, the the my the SBDC thing too. I was I was at a training um, on a particular consulting tool for small businesses mm-hmm. and um, focused on goals and 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 it was great. And um, that plus some encouragement from my husband, I actually restructured my pricing model. And uh, yeah, it was the, the, it was it's been good. <laughs> no pushback. Great. Great. I, I feel like my prices are really comfortable. Um, but I still needed to ensure that I was getting a minimum amount for my time with the smaller groups. So thinking about thinking about your 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 time, the value of your time, which is something that I would tell any entrepreneur, especially female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who sometimes struggle with that. But thinking about, um, OK, you're going to do a smaller group, but there, you got to walk away with this amount. Awesome. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I think entrepreneurs early on, especially when you're starting a business, we're kind of going into a new space. You don't really know how to price and, yeah. and you're kind of more so afraid than the market is willing to pay sometimes. Yeah. But to your point from very early on in the episode, now switching hats to mm-hmm. the SBDC, mm-hmm. if you're doing a lot of that business planning, that's forcing you to look at that. Yeah. What will the market bear? Right. So you're, you're kind of, you're figuring it out. Is it based on your cost, your, the cost of your goods? Is it based on what your competition is doing? Thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. How about the worst moment as a female entrepreneur, if there is one? <laughs> the worst, the worst moment. Um, I one time had somebody on a tour who had a lot of di- dietary restrictions. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw them early in the tour when we were at the part where that we were eating some things that they couldn't eat, um, eat a uh, granola bar. And it made me really sad. I was like, I need to and this person over. But by the end of the tour where there were more things that they could eat, they were eating everything and they were happy. So oh, it worked great. out okay. That's but I was great. really, that. I mean, that was like, I mean, kick me in the stomach, you know, <laughs> eat a granola bar at my tour. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're. Some- what about funniest? You didn't ask that. Okay. How about the funniest? <laughs> um, okay. I will tell it to you. I since, like it. Since you're since the, you asked. You're the first one to add link, really? by the way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, since you asked, one time, this was early on, uh, on a tour at the, at that grocery store, RIP, um, I took the folks past the frogs and turtle because, you know, we that we don't judge other people's food. Right. But it's kind of, you know, entertaining perhaps mm-hmm. to look mm-hmm. at. People have different reactions. So it's entertaining for me to watch their reactions. <laughs> anyway, so um, a middle-aged woman was a little, a little perturbed by that. And I reminded her we don't judge other cultures' food. That's not, that's not what we do. And so uh, she was like, oh, you think that maybe I could save one. I live in the suburbs. Maybe I could put it in my pond. And I was like, ah, these, these frogs are like, they're on their way out. You know, they're, they're on their way out. I wouldn't recommend that. So I go to buy some chocolate for the rest of the group to finish off with our dessert. And I come back and she has a plastic bag with a frog in it. And she's like, (laughs) she says, so yeah, I, I did it. Sorry. And they, they said, do you want me to chop it up? And I said, no, 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 no. Um, because that's what they do. They, they, you know, they, they yeah. chop it up for you because that's going to make it easier when you're cooking. And she did not want that, obviously. But they also don't have vessels for live frogs. So they gave her this plastic bag that she poked holes in. And it's just looking very forlorn in this bag. And then it jumps out and starts jumping down the <laughs> produce aisle. And everybody is cracking up. She is like half mortified, just half laughing. I just cannot believe that this is happening. And then eventually she did get the frog back in the bag. And I like to think that that frog is living its best life in the suburbs of this very day. <laughs> That's great. A rescue frog. Yeah. Rescue yep. frog. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. How about your first, last, best and worst since you're somewhat new to Philadelphia? When did you move to Philly, by the way? Oh, no. 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So decade, but okay. Your first experience in the city, first restaurant you hit, if you can remember, or at least the first memorable one. That's hard. I mean, I had been coming to Philly. I went to, uh, to college in, mm-hmm. in Lancaster. So I have been coming to Philly for a while. Um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to remember, but I will say when I first, when I did first move for law school and I was in Chinatown with, with my family, we happened to stumble upon that basement restaurant mm-hmm. and we just saw this door and we're like, what's, what's down there? Are there stairs? What's, maybe there's something cool down there. And so that was, that was a nice memory because we hadn't read about it at that point yet. Wow. So we just actually stumbled onto it ourselves. So that, that was a special, very, that was a, that was a long time ago. Cool. Um, How about your most recent? Uh, last night I went to laser wolf. 
So that's uh, Solomonov's new restaurant. Nice. Um, I saw it on your Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he <laughs> respond? Do they respond to your tweets? Uh, oh, so I posted on my Instagram story and they responded. And then <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Instagram gives you these little like weird emojis that, that are, I guess, exclusive to Instagram. And so I sent them the I miss you one. And just <laughs> was feeling weird at the moment. So, was yeah. that accidental? No, or? no, no, totally nope, intentional. That was a choice. I thought this nice. is funny for nice. me. Nice. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Very, very <laughs> funny. Very cool. Yeah. All right. How about your favorite, your all time best Philly uh, restaurant? You know that honestly, I'll like, give you two. It's I'll harder two. than the bar exam. That question. I'll give for you, me. Yeah. I'll give you two. I'll give you one in Chinatown. Oh my goodness. And then I'll <sighs> give you one anywhere in the city. It's really, really hard because it just depends on the mood. Part of the reason why I live in Philly is because I need variety. Like, mm -hmm. I really need to be able to have Indonesian when I want Indonesian or Polish or Uzbeki or Cambodian or French. Like mm -hmm. for me, is I just need all of it. So I just, I really can't. I can't. I don't have a favorite. It's too hard. Okay. It's too hard. It's like the hardest. How about favorite Uzbeki? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that I can do. Um, I mean... The, the restaurant is called Uzbekistan. Okay. Uh, it is awesome. I haven't been in too long. I'm I'm definitely owed a visit, but it's where, really Where fun. is it? It is north. So it's on Bustleton Ave in northeast. Mm -hmm. um, and they just have great, actually speaking of Laser Wolf and their skewers, they Uzbekistan has great skewers. Okay. Um, just great dumpling type stuff. Well, I love dumpling type stuff. Anything dumpling, I love. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. How about favorite in Chinatown? I'm going to make you commit to one. Um, that's hard. I think a standby has been M-A, E-M-E-I. I've been told that's the way to pronounce it. Um, but hopefully I'm not, that's, that's, I was given correct information. That is a really, uh, that's been a standby for me for years and years. And I do take big groups there. Mm -hmm. They recently redid uh, their interior. So it looks really nice. I have yet to figure out who runs their Twitter account because they have one. And I've asked my friends there and they're like, it's not me. It's not me. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So they, they have Sichuan food and uh, it's just, it's good. And, and it's not, uh, it's not pretentious. So I, I guess I would say that place. Cool. But I mean, it's really hard. Awesome. I also really love Rangoon because the Burmese food, and that's really the only Burmese food we have in Philly. Mm. And Chien Sizzling Wa because I love the Chinese food. It's hard. <laughs> You're slowly digressing away from picking a favorite. I know. And then <laughs> soup dumplings, Tom's dim sum. Yeah. Nice. Tried to catch me. Awesome. All Lord, right. Lord, am I way out of that one? Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I see that. You gave me the gray response. It depends. <laughs> um, how about your worst restaurant? That I can do. And it actually was in Chinatown. Um, worst food experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it of actually course was, we wouldn't throw anyone under the bus. It was just, in Chinatown. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do tell my food tours about the story, but sometimes I don't. But um, I and I have eaten. I've eaten a lot of crazy things. I've eaten ceviche from the back of a laundromat in Nicaragua. Like I've eaten. Like that's a lot of it is ceviche. I've eaten ceviche <laughs> off of like a spoon of like a flour vendor in a Chilean market. Wow. I, I'll go there. I've eaten scorpion in China, but. My worst, my worst food experience was really soup in Chinatown. I ordered soup. It was mutton soup and it was hairy. Mm. It was hairy and. Like as in the mutton was still hairy. Yeah. Got yeah. It. And it just, oof, did not sit well with me. I think about it still and it makes my stomach turn. That was the worst. There's a great, um, have you had Tibetan mm -hmm. in Roxborough? Mm -hmm. Himalayan yak. Yeah. White yak. White yak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. like my, my. Hood. Yeah. That's a fun spot. Oh, yeah. you're up there. And, um, we just discovered it recently because, uh, friends of ours that live in the neighborhood told us about it yeah. and actually they listen to the show on occasion. So if they're I've listening, heard that there are some shout good, out. Yeah. Shout out to your friend. Yeah. J in Tom. that area, there are some good, uh, Thai places around there that have cow soy, which is a soup that I've been searching for in Philly that I haven't found a place hmm. to do it. So I think right close to uh, White Yak, there are some places that do it. Interesting. Yeah. And what's the, what type of soup is it? It's like a curry, delicious soup. Um, yeah. From Northern Thailand. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very so cool. So try that next. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check it out. So yeah. So if Jason's listening, he recommended White Yak on Ridge Avenue and that's J Tom 
as in j-thom.com, and that's where you can get great design for your kitchen, actually. So Jason's pretty awesome guy. Oh, my friend just made fun of my kitchen and told me I had to redo my counter, so don't tell me that. Well, there you go. You should go talk to Jason. (laughs) J-Tom, help! (laughs) So if he's listening, great place to go. He's right on Pine in Philly, so downtown. So when are you going to go get some of that soup? Mm. <laughs> Wait, which soup? The mutton soup yeah. or the cow soup? No, 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 the cow soup. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been now. I mean, it's a good. It's a good time of year for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, are you going to go up? Maybe this weekend. Maybe. Maybe. Sometime soon. Maybe. You'll have to report back and <laughs> let us know what you think. Because if it's a good spot, I'll I have a lot of adventures planned for this weekend. My parents are visiting, so whenever they come, it's a full that's cool. adve- Philly food adventure itinerary. Nice. Like crazy. <laughs> you take them on a tour. Now, I is do. It, now, is it like the high end tour or are you giving them like the, yeah, I grew up with you. Uh, you know, you're getting the. No, they get the very best tour. They get awesome. them. Yeah, because we, it's, we, we just, we go everywhere. And now do you try, are they really adventurous yes. from a food perspective? Yes. So they, um, uh, that they are why I am the way I am. They, <laughs> they were uh, pooling their allowances when they were 16 to go wow. out to Chinatown. In New York City. Whoa. Yeah, they're okay. adorable. Are you they from are. New York originally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Queens. Cool. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. I'm from Queens. Yep. No accent. And maybe, you know, went away in college, maybe. Oh, interesting. You should hear my mom. Yeah, totally. Queens accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very cool. I'm not going right. to do an impression of her. Just, <laughs> she really doesn't like when I do those. Have you thought about doing a career in stand-up? Aww. Is there a side hustle upon <laughs> side hustle? Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I, I think you're pretty funny, so that's... I feel like I, mean I that say that I'm funny too much to be like people. People shouldn't just say that they're funny, but I don't know. Yeah. Like if you have to tell someone, then yeah, maybe you're that not, kind of right? thing, but right. I still do it anyway. Or the opposite. <laughs> when somebody's like, I don't mean to be an asshole, but mm. it's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just, you're just giving yourself, you're opening yeah. the door to just go ahead and be an asshole. No yeah. worries. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, so to your point, I, um, I've always wanted to do a little stand up. And um, now that I'm teaching, I'm adjuncting a temple mm. um, and I'm teaching intellectual property law to undergrads at Fox. When a joke falls flat in the middle of a lecture, mm-hmm. nothing hurts more. I totally relate to that because in my in my trainings, um, I really like to make a lot of jokes Uh but mine always deliver, so. <laughs> touché, I'm touché. Doing, I'm doing, um, I wasn't even wearing my armor then. Ouch. Yeah, Ouch. you know. Yeah. On, on Tuesday, uh, we're doing uh, business plan basics. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an evening class that I'm giving, and it's really dry. And I'm like, how am I going to make this funny? But I figure I'm not just, I'm not going to plan for it. I'm just going to hope it comes naturally, and yeah. I'll come up with something. Are you good on the fly? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't practice for that this. That was pretty good a second ago, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're starting to laugh more at my jokes. I don't think it's because they appreciate my humor more. I think they just figure I'll move on faster mm. if I don't do like Aww. the, you know, the uh, moment of silence and <laughs> in, in waiting for somebody to chuckle. So oh, man. Um, I'm kidding. No, I uh, I have thick skin. Being a lawyer, you get called a lot worse than uh, <laughs> and you go through a lot worse than, yes. than that. So, yes. um, But yeah, it's every once in a while you're like crickets. Hmm. I really thought that was funny. Yeah. Like I, um, we went through patents in class Mm -hmm. and so I brought up examples of actual patents. Mm -hmm. One was for a bird diaper. Hmm. Yep. And Mm. the drawing on the patent is of like a canary or, or, uh, a parakeet or something wearing a diaper. See, that's the type of business that in our office we would say, Hey, have you focus grouped this? You know, (laughs) (laughs) we would take a step back with them. Uh, that was one. Then there was one that was a, um, a mask to help you lose weight. And it was basically just like uh, Hannibal Lecter style face mask, mm. like covering your mouth so that you literally oh, cannot eat. Just like a contraption. Yeah. Mm. And then there was another one that was a ass kicking device, which mm-hmm. was like just the boot on the end of like a, uh, like a rotating thing mm-hmm. on a stick. And this was a legit patent yeah. for amusement. And the sketch on the patent was this boot kicking like a drawn person. Mm. In patent the law can be fun. It can be. It's a little it dry otherwise. No, it is a good course. They're super engaging. But my attempts at comedy have not yet really resulted in the amount of humor that I want. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's not, <laughs> not your fault. I'm going to work on it. And you should let your students know because these are undergrads, right? Yeah. So if they end up going to law school and they are interested in following, you know, IP track that they should do a clinic with the SBDC. There you go. There you go. I like it. I'll, I'll champion your efforts. I'll Thanks. do the best I can. That's a great experience. 
Yeah, no, I, I clinicked when I was in law school yeah. and um, same thing, SBDC uh, at Rutgers and we helped small businesses. That's and great. it was very rewarding. It really was. Yeah, and look um, at what you do now. I mean. Yeah, basically the same awesome. thing. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, first person to tell me I was awesome today and I appreciate it. Hopefully not the last, I don't know. I'm going home to my wife, so probably the last. <laughs> I Aww. got you. I got you. Aww. I got you. You didn't expect that. Finally. All right. Good. Um, I'm going to end on a high note. So yeah. thanks for being on the show. This was fantastic. Thanks um, for having had me. Had a lot of fun. You were great. Me too. And you are hilarious. Aww. You should consider stand up. <laughs> um, so look out for everything Jamie is doing. Reach out to her at the SBDC, especially if you're looking for consulting. I know you said you would point them <laughs> at the website. Go to the website if you need consulting. And check out Philly Food Adventures and follow them on Twitter, et cetera, Instagram. And the SBDC as well. And the SBDC yeah. as well. Oh, you guys are on social media. Sorry. We are. What are the handles for the SBDC? So Instagram, it's at Temple SBDC. Twitter, it's TU underscore SBDC. And then we also have a Facebook, um, LinkedIn. And then my director keeps joking that I need to get on TikTok, but I still feel like I'm too old for that. You got to do it. The sooner, the better. <sighs> yeah. I'm not on there yet either. And but. I actually, you know, I did hear that podcast that you did with uh, Emily. Is that her name? Yes. And she was talking about TikTok and needing to get into it. And I was like, ah, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Uh, cool. Well, thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.